Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 20th. It's five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. His name is Rob Kendall. He's on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there too. Casey Daniels 317. And right now we're both on YouTube. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Okay, let's talk about Joe Biden. He's set to hold a long anticipated meeting with Benjamin Netanyahu this morning. It marks the first time the two are going to meet meet one-on-one since uh, the prime minister returned. Can you imagine a a, a long meeting with Joe Biden? <laughs> Hopefully there's lots of bio breaks scheduled. Have you ever had to go, I mean, you've worked in radio for a long time. Obviously you've been in management. I'm sure you've had some meeting on your calendar where you are just like, oh my gosh, I am so dreading this mm-hmm. and I've got to figure out a way to finagle my way through this thing and you just stare at your calendar for a month in advance and every day you look at it and go, oh my gosh, I'm another day closer to this torturous affair to which I'm about to endeavor. And if you are Netanyahu, this has to be, you know Netanyahu is, who is just like, whatever you think of his politics, the dude is brilliant beyond belief. And you know he is looking at this going, oh my Gosh. I used to have a rule that no meeting should last more than 35 minutes. Oh, I love that. Because after that, you're just repeating. I love that. You're just going over the same thing. Uh, And so many people do simply not understand that. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything you need to tell me, I'm going to know in the first five minutes. Right, exactly. But the most fun meeting is the meeting after the meeting. (laughs) This is why, Casey, I've always, other than owning my own business, has tried to avoid any sort of management role of any sort you know why because when you're when you're not management you can go if there is a meeting you go and you know i guess mildly pay attention if you're in a crowd of other people Mm -hmm. and then you just skadoodle on out the door sure but people like you did have to go to the meeting after the meeting meeting after the meeting that's where you have the meeting yeah and then one or two individuals will slide into your office Uh to discuss what happened at the meeting yeah and do you think the meeting after the the meeting after the (laughs) meeting for ned yeah i actually don't know casey because that's like i said i was a sole proprietor business owner for many many years and the only meeting i had was in my own between my own (laughs) two ears and that's dangerous enough. Do you think at the meeting after the meeting, Netanyahu, you know, gathers back up with his Israeli his and dignitaries his eyes and, and he goes, goes, what was that? What, what did that <laughs> delusional old fool even say? And so we're going to play. So I guess, was this at the UN yesterday? Yeah, with it was Biden? the General Assembly. Okay. So Biden, I told you about the conversation I had. Let's see. This was, what is today? Today's Wednesday. On Sunday, with the guy who described, we grew up together. It's not like we're super close friends, but if we saw each other at a local watering hole every five years, we'd run into each other and we'd have a beer and shoot the breeze for a while. And I told you this person leans left, mm-hmm. but is not like radical left. And I told you about the conversation. I saw him at the golf course and we started shoot. It was like a Springsteen song. I was walking in, he was walking out and we started shooting the breeze. And this person is a person who I would not have expected to hear these words come out of his mouth, but he said, quote, we've got to get rid of Hogsett. Mm-hmm. And it kind of 
took me back, uh, you know, was taken aback by it because this is a guy based on his political leanings I would not have thought that from. But they're, I think in the case of Hogsett, it is a glaring example of the complete crap representation that the city of Indianapolis has had now for eight years. And the violence is so bad and out of control that even someone who leans left is saying, hey, man, this guy's mm-hmm. got to go because it's not sustainable. Violence and safety of my family is not a left or right issue. It's a straightforward issue. And this guy stinks at securing the city. Same thing with Biden. It's not even his policies, which many of them I vehemently disagree with. It's that he's an embarrassment, Casey. Mm -hmm. He is an embarrassment to our nation. Like if Gavin Newsom, if you were to say we're going to transpose these people and Gavin Newsom is going to be the president of the United States tomorrow, I would still vehemently disagree with Gavin Newsom's policies. However, if he had to go in front of the United Nations and give a speech or go to Hawaii and give a speech or go to East Palestine, which he'd probably actually do and give a speech, I would feel reasonably secure, as I did with Obama. He can pull it off and not embarrass the nation. Joe Biden can't not embarrass the nation. He likes to. Well, you know, let's just America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. <laughs> I mean, that's Joe Biden. And he but he's every doing speech. every speech, and he's doing it uh, on the world stage at the General Assembly in front of all of these global leaders. And you know, it's going to be bad. He starts a sentence with complete gibberish, and then he ends it with, let me be clear. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll wait. All right. Yes. For you to be clear. And people who think Casey is exaggerating, no, absolutely not. Here is the audio in which he starts with words that are not words and ends with, let me be clear. Now, even as we evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, let me be clear. Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. Kev, can we, like, what the first just five seconds of that clip again, if you could? Now, even as we evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, okay. let me be clear. It really bothers me when he says that. I, I don't know what he's saying. And again, for me, you're too critical of our president. I think, and I get that the, for the president, there is not a there is not a job post on Indeed for people looking for president, although maybe there should be. We would probably get better <laughs> options. But I would think one of the job requirements, Casey, mm-hmm. is that you could coherently form sentences mm-hmm. and give speeches on a regular basis. Now, <laughs> does everybody flub up? Yes. Does everybody you know, occasionally get their tongue tied? Yes. But Casey, we do three hours of radio every single day, and we make fewer mistakes in three consecutive hours of talk radio. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's a four-minute Eagles song in between when we come back and give our takes on things. And we, on a consistent <laughs> basis, we just low-level, low you know, run-of-the-mill broadcasters mm-hmm. can go three hours without making the amount of mistakes or anywhere near the amount of mistakes Joe Biden will make in any given day on any given speech in which he has a teleprompter to tell him what to say. He's got the notes in front of him. All he has to do is read the words on the paper. Can't do it. That's too much work for him. What do, we, do we have more from the speech? Oh, we have more. Here he says that he wants to work with China on accelerating, accelerating, not decelerating, <laughs> accelerating the climate crisis. Work together with China on issues where progress hinges on our common efforts. Nowhere is that more critical than accelerating the climate crisis, than, than the accelerating climate crisis. Oh, oh. whoops, yeah. And you got, you got an angry old man random shout in there too, which Kev was laughing hysterically at. 
Uh, I always judge on something's funny based on how Kevin responds to it. And sometimes you'll notice on the YouTube feed, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you can watch us on YouTube. Just put Kendall and Casey into your browser. You'll notice me staring at Kevin because if Kevin laughs, Kevin is the voice of reason on this show. Kevin is like the moral arbiter of the show. And if Kevin laughs, <laughs> it is act- actually funny. And Kevin was laughing Yeah, I wasn't even adjusting the levels there. That was just a huge peak. <laughs> okay, uh, yes, exactly. And to the point, I want to play it one more time. And this time, pay attention, not what he's saying, but how he's saying it. Work together with China on issues where progress hinges on our common efforts. Nowhere is that more critical than accelerating the climate crisis, than, than the accelerating climate crisis. He's doing the yelling thing again. It's like, you know, when you're when you're falling asleep and the TV's on and then the loud commercial comes on and it startles you. That's what's going on with him. He's yelling again. But there, there is a very I didn't mean to cut you off, but there is a very famous episode of The Office mm-hmm. where Dwight gets chosen as like salesman of the year or something like that. And he has to go give a speech in front of all the other Dunder Mifflin salespeople, this big ballroom full of people. And he is has no idea how to do it, and he's totally nervous. And Jim conv- convinces him to give the to he prints off a Mussolini speech, and then convinces him to the part of giving a great speech is to angrily pound the the podium mm-hmm. and wave your arms emphatically and shout at various times. Joe Biden is giving. The Jim Dwight speech, except it's not a it's not a comedy on NBC in which you're supposed to laugh. You're supposed to laugh at it. He's the president of the United yeah, States. Yeah, no, this is real life. This is a guy that's making decisions. You said pounding on the podium. That's what Zelensky was doing the whole time he was talking. But it, it makes me wonder, was Joe Biden cryogenically frozen? Who are these people? The shouting is a temporary side effect of the unfreezing process. Yes, I'm having difficulty controlling the volume of my voice! (laughs) It is 15 after 10. (laughs) You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Seventeen after ten with Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. So a uh, Wisconsin rep he posted a pair of pictures Monday poking fun of the missing plane mishap that took over the airwaves. As uh, you know, we were supposed to be looking for that missing F thirty-five, which has since been found. But uh, how interesting was that that the U.S. lost a one hundred million dollar plane? Uh, here's the crazy thing about this, Casey. As you know, uh, I have been binge watching 24 because one of the things when you are feeding an infant all day you just have tons of time where you are just basically like a hostage in your own house where Mm -hmm. you sit there and you cannot move and a piece of advice i was given was find shows you've liked or interested in and binge watch those and it will make the time go faster and i was a big fan of the show 24 when it was on it's also wild how when you watch a show back to back to back how not nearly as exciting the show is as when you had to wait a week mm-hmm. <laughs> between. Well, there's no anticipation, yeah. right? I mean, it's like things now I, I watch on this show all these years later, I go, well, that's stupid. But when you watch them back to back to back. But point on all this is 
one of the actual things that happens on 24, one of the seasons of 24, is a, a an airplane goes missing, and the premise of the, the airplane is one of those, fi- those stealth or whatever they were called, which can be impossible to detect on radar, is it was it's tried to blow up Air Force One. This this you know rogue agent gets control of the plane, and like you're looking at that. All these are all things that you go, boy, that would have been so wild if that happened for real. And they keep seemingly happening for real over the past five years. Right, and then it did come true. That stealth plane was so stealth that it went missing. <laughs> That's how stealth it was. It was a hundred million dollar. Take away the public safety aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Someone. We don't know or not knowing where a plane is at. A hundred million dollars of our tax money went missing and the government is just like, um, I guess we'll find it when we find it. We're looking into it. The transponder was off. Uh, Everybody's had a bad day at work at some point when they just want to say, you know what, I'm out of here. And it's like that pilot was like, you know what? It's, this isn't working for me today. See ya. Eject. But then the F-35 turns into like a plane from a Pixar movie and, and grows googly eyes yes. and says, see you later, buddy. Yeah. And just keeps flying off. And, and this is the, I mean, this is our government. This, this, this is, a hundred, hey, a $100 million aircraft, which could do major, major damage to a major metropolitan city has gone missing. Mm-hmm. Meh. But then it's like on a Friday night, hey, you get a text. Hey, if you're if you're not doing anything, maybe you, you could like, we could get together and go look for this plane. Like we're the Hardy Boys and we're getting on our bicycles and ride around looking for this plane. So listen to, so John Kirby was on one of these TV shows. I think it was MSN, MSNBC, I think. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he was on one of these. He's a Biden spokesperson. He's yes, on one of these. MSNBC. Yes, perfect. And uh, listen to his just totally... Kind of like nonchalant. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Answer about getting answers about this plane. Let me ask you about the F thirty five. How does the U S military lose a one hundred million dollar plane? That will be something that they will investigate. Uh, believe me, after every aviation mishap, the Pentagon does what the Pentagon does. They'll investigate it to try to get the answers on what happened. Um, and uh, they'll also, I'm sure, look at their own search and recovery efforts of the aircraft itself to see um, whether that was conducted uh, in, uh, uh, in all the appropriate ways. They'll, they'll, they'll investigate this. And as the Defense Department always does, they'll be transparent about it when they, when they find the answers. But of course, it'll because that's what you expect from our government at this point. Transparency. Don't fool yourself. So they lost 85 migrants. They lost equipment in Afghanistan. They lost servicemen in Afghanistan. And in the White House, the president's lost his mind. And and don't forget, they lost cocaine there as well. Well, the, go- the government, government, period, by its very nature, is incapable of being efficient. Like, because what is government? It is instituting layers of rules and regulation. Remember when we were uh, we had the clip of the barstool guy Portnoy on, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he bought barstool back from Pen Gaming, and how much barstool struggled under Pen Gaming because Pen Gaming, unlike barstool, which was the wild kind of the wild west of the internet and was making a bunch of money, Pen Gaming had to play under the rules and regulations set forth by the government because of the gaming industry that they're in, and Portnoy essentially said we couldn't do it if we have to play by rules. And that is just a, a incredible, one of the most incredible examples of someone admitting the government layers make everything more difficult. So government by its very nature is inefficient. It's just, the fight is not whether government's going to be efficient or inefficient. It's going to be how inefficient 
is it actually going to be? In the case of people like the Biden administration, when you have brutally incompetent people in positions of power who they freely admit in many cases are there because of who they share a bedroom with or the color of their skin, their words, not ours, then you're not going to get the best people. So you're not going to have as as efficiently inefficient a government as you possibly can, if that makes sense. You're just going to have whatever these people who are picked based on skin color or who they share a bedroom bedroom with, whatever they can produce. Well, I think the thing to keep in mind at this point is uh, the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, whichever you want to look at, they didn't lose a $100 million pain, plane. You did. Yes. Kevin did. Your money. I did. That's your money. Taxpayers play, paid for that plane. I used to do that segment, where'd your money go? And in this case, your- It's in South Carolina in a forest <laughs> or in the woods. It gone. Yeah. It is 1023. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about this poll. Uh, it came out that says Biden not only losing to Trump, but also to Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. It says that 69% of voters think Joe Biden too old. Now, this is down from last week where it was- 77% of voters thinking he's too old. Uh-huh. He's He must be getting younger <laughs> over the next past week. Well, okay, but a lot of it depends on, so this was a, a Harvard uh, uh, Harvard Harris X poll. Mm-hmm. So this depends on, and all these polls depend on how the question is asked, mm-hmm. what the sample size is, the demographics of the, I mean, there's a million things we've had Abdul on before to talk about, you know, how, how you ask a question can give you a different answer. The point is whether it's 77 or 69%, and this is true at every poll, at least two-thirds of the country and every single response on this thinks the guy is a various responsible of too old, too feeble, too incompetent to be the president of the United States. That is scary because that's not an I agree with you on a policy thing. It is you are mentally and physically incapable of doing the things necessary to be president of the United States. The interesting thing about this poll is that it shows that this is head-to-head in a general matchup between Joe Biden and these various people. Yep. Trump wins 44% to 40%. Tim Scott wins 39% to 37%. Nikki Haley wins 41% to 37%. But then you have Ron DeSantis, who doesn't win in a hypothetical head-to-head matchup. Look, we talked about this. The DeSantis rollout and the DeSantis perception, the people who ran that campaign, I mean, imagine, well, Jeb Bush is the same way. It's obviously Jeb Bush and Ron DeSantis are different politically, but the Jeb Bush thing was sort of the same way. You have infinite money to, to paint whatever picture you'd like to paint. Same thing with Jefferson Shreve here in Indianapolis. You have infinite money to paint whatever picture you want to paint of yourself and of the campaign you're running. What's Jefferson Shreve do? Not running ads. Now, I guess he's finally, finally running ads asking where Joe Hawksett was during the riots. Hey, congratulations. It's almost October. As Rod Stewart once said, it's late September and you really should be back at school. Mm-hmm. He spent the first three months of this campaign with infinite money to do whatever he wants, going after law-abiding gun owners and talking about abortion, which he has no control over any of that. It, you painted a terrible picture. Ron DeSantis's people, just like Jeb Bush's people, have allowed their candidate, despite having infinite money, to be painted in a terrible portrait. He's unlikable. He's seen as this radical right-wing guy when the reality is he could have run on, I'm the government competency guy. Mm-hmm. Florida is the best-run state in the union. Mm-hmm. It is the envy of the of America. That's why everybody's moving there. And yet they haven't efficiently done that. I just, I just think it's so weird if you look at just 
straight ahead polling, you've got Trump and then DeSantis. But when you go head to head against Biden, DeSantis not beating Trump, but people who are polling in third or fourth place do beat Biden in a head-to-head matchup. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy not beating Biden in this poll head-to-head, and neither does Mike Pence, of course. And uh, another interesting thing I'd like to point out, for many months, I played a lot of Vivek Ramaswamy audio because he was all over social media. Oh, you were in love with him. It was easy to get stuff from him because he was everywhere. I love how Casey's like, I was just doing it because it was easy to get information. Easy for the show, content for the show. (laughs) He seems to be relatively quiet right now. Where is Vivek Ramaswamy? He had that, he had that, you know, spike after the debate. But now he seems to be a little quiet. Well, when you are, and we've talked about this, Ramaswamy is the sort of guy who in high school, when you were going into the parking lot, had a had a, a late model automobile open and he was trying to sell you something out of the out of the trunk, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and that works for a while. But then when you're short on the concrete stuff, and we talked about this, how every election there's some primary guy who has is is either kind of wild and wacky or has a radical idea, whether it's Andrew Yang on the Democrat side or or Herman Cain on the Republican side. And then you go, okay, this is interesting and fun. Uh, What else you got? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's... That's it? That's it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh. But not only are people moving on from him, it seems that he is moving on from the campaign slightly as well. Well, we talked about how... Of course, he's listening right now, so we're going to get blown up with Vivek Ramaswamy stuff now. Well, we talked about how Ramaswamy is the guy, and there's a lot of people who do this, who... And he is doing it very effectively. He has a business, a financial consulting business. The state of Indiana has a contract with him. Mm -hmm. And he makes a gajillion dollars off this financial consulting business. And he is... I, I, I thought from the beginning he was using the run for president in order to boost the financial consulting business. And mm-hmm. by that is pro- by that standard, it's probably been a resounding success. Casey, yeah. when we come back, I would like to talk about, so the death of Donnie Baker has now been revealed. Yeah. And it's very sad and it's very tragic, but we have to, have to, have to, have to use this death as a reminder of the dangers for young people especially of engaging in drug use because the result of death now shows fentanyl was a part of this Mm -hmm. and it is killing young people. Obviously it took tragically appears took his life as well. And people, if you are a parent, if you're an educator, if you're in anything, you've got to wake the hell up and start, educating these young people because this this drug stuff is totally out of control. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1035. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and the Hamilton County Coroner's Office released the official cause of death for Ron Sexton, also known as Donnie Baker on the Bob and Tom show. And uh, it is stated that he overdosed on fentanyl and alcohol. Yes. And let's be very clear. It was Hamilton County, Ohio, Mm-hmm. Uh, not Hamilton County, yep. Indiana. And of course, yes, as you said, Ron Ron Sexton played Donnie Baker and a litany of other characters on Bob and Tom. He was a stand-up comedian, uh, universally loved uh, by by many, many people, not just for his comedy, but who, who he was as a human being. I never actually met him in person, but obviously I have, I have a very good friend who works for Bob and Tom and just said he was just a just a great guy and know multiple people who worked for Bob and Tom very well and and also the same thing and legions of fans, et cetera. And the cause of death has come out, as you said, that it was a mixture of uh, overdose on fentanyl and alcohol. And 
many people who knew Ron. I don't think it was a secret and some of the things he enjoyed doing. And, you know, obviously eventually it, in, it had a, a tragic end. But I, I don't want to do this segment to say, you know, like point a finger or pass blame. I want to do this segment because the dangers of illegal drug use in this country have reached a level that we have never seen before. And the dangers, especially for young people who have no idea what they're doing in terms of drug use and the things that is being laced with and mixed with Mm -hmm. is causing just so much heartache and so much pain. And it is, it needs to be a wake up call. If you have a young son or daughter who is, you know, on their own for any period of time or whatever, that you need to just hammer home to them to not be taking anything that they don't know what it is or where it came from or is not prescribed by a licensed medical professional. And this is not meant to be like Nancy Reagan. Oh, there was a roach found in someone's automobile and we need to have the FBI get on this immediately. I'm not I'm not meaning to say that. What I am saying though is the immense danger that exists right now of poison, literal death-causing poison that is being given to young people. I mean, we saw an Avon here recently where just like two kids have recently passed away from these overdoses because of the stuff that's being put into these into these pills and other substances. Mm-hmm. And I just, I cannot express enough if you have a young person in your house to stop them today, like today, like when you go home today and have this conversation with them because it is no longer, hey, Johnny's doing some stuff and it's not, it's causing him to not be a good student anymore. It is Johnny is doing some stuff and Johnny might not wake up. Johnny doesn't necessarily know. No, he's no what idea. He's doing. He no doesn't idea. know that it's been laced with fentanyl. And if you think that this is not a problem in central Indiana, it is. Headline from this morning two men were arrested after they were seen selling fentanyl at the Subtronics concert in Indianapolis over the weekend. This was at the TCU Amphitheater at White River State Park. We talked about Kevin uh, possibly going to see his favorite band there this weekend. People were arrested for selling fentanyl at the exact location. Here's another headline. I wanted to point this out. This was from a week ago. We have this on the template. We never got to it, but I think now's a good time to bring it up. And this is from the Indy Star. 21 indicted in deeply disturbing Indianapolis drug trafficking operation. What was it? Fentanyl. Uh, I talked to um, a nurse who is works at a very prominent local medical hospital facility, and she was telling me about the just, increase they are seeing on a daily basis in their hospital of people who are coming in with serious issues related to uh, fentanyl and and these prescriptions etc that they're taking and how people are the increase in deaths that they are seeing because of it I mean and it and it, I think the thing that is scary about this is it's not used to be like you'd look at somebody and go oh that guy's a that guy's a druggie he you know 
not that anybody ever deserves to die, but people are almost like dismissive of it. Like, hey, mess around and find out. And mm-hmm. it was only time until Fred met an untimely demise. My my uh, my wife's mother, who is also a nurse, was telling me that uh, somebody that she works with, her daughter had somebody literally die in their home. Like her daughter had a sleepover, and uh, person's obviously a nurse and very familiar with you know the dangers that exist. And this person's friend took something without anybody knowing, and that person just literally passed away in the home. I mean, it is it is the wild west. Kev and I have had this conversation before, and we kid a lot about Kev as a world traveler and has sampled some of the finer spices of life. But Kev and I have had this conversation about no way you do that now, mm-hmm. given the increase of I don't know what the hell is in the next thing I'm about to take. Well, and- because it's not the intention to get the fentanyl in many cases, it, and it's but not, it's there. And it's not, the perception is like, these drug dealers are killing these kids. These drug dealers are not doing this for the most part. Drug dealers do not want dead clients. Drug dealers have a vested interest in the clientele remaining alive. So one of the mistakes is like, oh, we arrested uh, Harold and Harold is off the street and now society is, is safer. No, Harold's not the guy who made the stuff. The stuff is getting made by people who do not, and many times it's not even in this country where the stuff is being made. And then, yes, is Harold the guy handing it out like it's candy and taking the cash? Yes, but the problem is way bigger than some guy standing on the corner handing out the substance. Well, I think a lot of this comes from an example from the top down. And, yeah, I'm going to go back to the Biden administration, who had cocaine in the White House. Yes, they did. They're not handling the problem there. Uh, They're definitely not handling it across the country as the fentanyl crisis keeps coming in through the sudden border and what is our president talking about climate change yeah yeah oh, look I, again and i'm not trying to be debbie downer and ron sexton was a great guy and made a lot of people laugh but some good has to come out of this sort of stuff and hopefully the good will be that if you're a parent today mm. you will hear this news about what happened to him and you will go have a conversation with your son or daughter tonight and that it will prevent at least one person from partaking something that may seem totally harmless and innocent because whether it's Percocet or whatever, unless it came from a doctor and was filled at a pharmacy Mm -hmm. and you are part of the chain of custody of those items, you simply don't know. It is 1042. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And before Hammer joins us here in the studio coming up, uh, let's talk about what happened at the baseball game last night. Your favorite throughout the first pitch. Did you? So our old pal Diego, you remember Diego. He's mm-hmm. the guy, who Diego Morales. He was, uh, according to paperwork, fired from the Secretary of State's office. Then according to paperwork, somehow wormed his way back into the office under the new guy. Mm-hmm. Was about to be fired again before he quit. Uh, then didn't live in the county where he said he lived. Yeah, you know, he, t- he took a homestead credit mm-hmm. in Marion County and voted in another county. Uh, we still yet to figure out how that happened. And uh, lucky for him, despite being the worst person in the 206 years that we have been a state to ever seek public office, he ran against Destiny Wells, who is maybe the most unlikable person to ever seek public office in the 206 years we've been a state. And because Indiana is so Republican, if you put an R next to your name, well, we'll vote for anyone here. Uh, he won, and uh, 
he is doing all the really important things to really shore up our, you know, business system and election system and all the things the Secretary of State's supposed to do. He threw out the first pitch of the Indians game last night, Casey. Yep. Uh, did he get it over the plate? Well, it, they did. The a, video doesn't show. The shot looked like uh-huh. that he, of him throwing the ball looked like he barely got it past the pitcher's mound. <laughs> and it, it, I saw a thing where it said sponsored by the Secretary of State's office, the mm-hmm. game yeah. last night. So does that mean our tax money went to pay for Diego Morales to go and barely throw the ball past the pitcher's mound? Possibly. Yesterday was uh, National Voter Registration oh. Day. What? I will continue to ask this question, then we can go to a break. Okay. Why does the government have any interest in getting you to register to vote? If you want to register to vote, the government should absolutely play an efficient and effective role in making sure that you can do that. But why should the government be begging people to register to vote? If you want to vote, that's on you. If you don't want to vote, also on you. The people that we have to beg to vote, I don't think I want them voting, Casey. Well, you know what they're doing now in Pennsylvania? It's the uh, automatically... It's mandatory. Automatically get you registered. If you go in Pennsylvania, if you go to get a new license or update your driver's Uh license, you're automatically registered to vote. Well, you have to opt out, actually. If someone has a video of how far Diego Morales actually got the ball because the, there was no shot of the ball once it left its, his hand, please let me know because I've got even money. It didn't make it halfway to home plate. <laughs> it is 1045 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 10 minutes away from 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's not AI generated. This is not a deep fake, not even a shallow fake. The real, authentic, human, biological male, Jason Hammer from the number one rated Hammer and Nigel show joining us in the studio. It's good to be back. Had the doctor appointment yesterday. How'd it go, fatty? Doctor said I'm (laughs) so healthy. He's never seen anyone as healthy as me before, Rob. (laughs) Like he looked at me and said, that's a prototypical athlete's body right there. Absolutely. Here's the thing about you, though, and I've said this many times before, and you've posted the actual picture. You were at one point very, very physically fit and very athletic. I was a decent athlete back in the day, but once my playing days were done, I discovered partying. Yeah, sure. And had a good time. Uh And uh, some of those traits still follow me to this day. But as we pointed out in this program, I've got the the metabolism still of an 18-year-old young buck. So Mm -hmm. I, yes, I gain weight quickly, but I lose it quickly. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like when Patrick Ewing once said, yeah, we make a lot of money, but we spend a lot of money. (laughs) Hey, uh, you and I both have received uh, multiple uh, messages from our great, fabulous listeners that Jefferson Shreve uh, is finally running an ad asking where Joe Hawksett was during the riots. Well, I believe it was a combination of Joe Biden and Bruce Willis who once said, welcome to the party, Bal. Uh, where was this early on? No kidding. Where was this early on? And I know some people would say, well, you're beating a dead horse. Well, yeah, I think it's kind of important that when the city was burning, when windows were being shattered, when Windsor jewelry was not getting any assistance and people were looting the jewelry store, The mayor was nowhere to be found. And we've all heard the rumors. Allegedly rumored Joe Hogsett 
was in rehab. Mm. Now, again, I wasn't there. I cannot prove that. Uh, we've got some investigative reporters who say they have spoken with people in said facility that were there with Joe. But the reason that we have to go on rumors and things that have been alleged is that nobody wants to investigate this because we don't have access to the mayor. Boss Hawk said isn't coming on the Hammer and Nigel mm-hmm. show and Kendall uh, and I always Casey. love that. People are like, well, why don't you just ask him yourself? You I got, tried. There's I a, there's a shoot on site order if we get within <laughs> right. 30 yards of the guy. I mean, but it, and this is what's so maddening about Shreve is Shreve had the opportunity with his infinite wealth to press this guy for four months and every day run ads. He could have flown a plane over the city that said Hogsett was drunk, question mark. You think the media is not going to have to talk about that? But here we are. He spent the first three months talking about how law-abiding gun owners are bad in abortion, and now it's too late. Think of all the money he spent on things that he can't control. You're not going to get the Republican House of Indiana to change the gun laws. Yep. You're not. And you are you have no pull over the abortion law either. You spent the entire brunt of your campaign on two issues that you know damn well you can't do anything about. And it's, it was talking with somebody about this earlier. It is a bipartisan thing in the fact that there are people out there who are Democrats and Republicans alike who lament what has happened to this city under Joe Hogsett. Because whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you should want a safe city. And this city, the sense of malaise that's over this city, the depression that's over this city, the sense of insecurity that's over this city on a daily basis as a Hoosier lifer, it sucks to see it happen to a place that has I have so many great memories at. This was a city that hosted a Super Bowl. And if you ask any of the NFL executives when they come in town for the NFL Combine, hey, be honest with me. What did you think about the Indy Super Bowl? They loved it. Because of the Indy Super Bowl, that's why you see the zip lines in the village and all the innovative things that they do. Indy was the one that made that happen. There's a reason the Final Four decides to come to Indianapolis on a rotating basis and the NCAA headquarters moved here. Because we were that town. Now, under the leadership of Joe Hogsett and the prosecutor, Ryan Mears, please don't let him off the hook here. You can't walk to a Colts game. You can't walk to a Pacers game without walking over a homeless person on the ground or somebody offering you drugs out in the street. Casey literally has a parking pass here and is so it is so unsafe. You paid like $40 to go to the Colts game, didn't you? Yeah. Because I didn't want to walk the extra couple blocks. Well, it was nighttime, and I was with a girlfriend. I don't blame you. I'm just saying that's how pathetic it is. You have a parking pass right near the stadium, mm-hmm. and it is so unsafe down here that you said, here's $40 so I can live. Yeah, and it so makes I can be right sick. next to the stadium. Makes me sick when I hear Hogsett say, well, the homicide rate is down. Compared to the record year, which you were still the mayor of. You don't get to do a victory lap because it's a top three homicide year and not a record year. <laughs> What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, Bobby Burak of Outkick. Casey Daniels will join us. Tony Kennett from The Daily Signal. And we'll have a lot of fun. Amazing as always, Hammer. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.